So hello on today's podcast, I've got the fantastic Francis West. Um, Francis is from a company called West Tech IT, and he is a man on a mission when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, again, I know him from the recruitment world, and he's one of those people where when you mention his name, people tell um, sort of stories of their experiences having sat on one of his presentations and essentially been scared to death by the cybersecurity related stories he has to share. So hopefully on the episode, one or two of those things will pop up. Um, I said he really is a man on mission. So we'll, we'll talk about why he has this kind of calling and the, the things he's involved with really to help him achieve that. I'm really excited. I always have fantastic conversations with Francis. So um, this promises to be a good one. West, how are you doing? Absolutely fantastic in yourself. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Really good. You're looking well. Life's really exciting right now. I've got lots of exciting things happening. So oh, good. yeah, lots, lots of yeah, lots, lots of good things going on. How about you? Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, same, same, the same. You know, I think on the IT support side, it's been really tough. I'm not going to lie to you, but on the security side, things are. Uh, Doors are opening, which I didn't expect to open. And it's going, so we're picking up clients worldwide now, which is fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Whereas more before on the IT support side, we'll only have clients in the UK, or mostly in the UK. But now we've got clients in, in, um, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, in uh, New York, Canada, South Africa, Germany, Spain, and UK. And the list has grown. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? So you're literally taking over the world. The world. I'm trying. I am trying so hard. So one of the things that I was going to ask you is that you know you are a man on a mission. Yeah. Okay? So what was the what was the initial trigger? What 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 started it all? Because it, it's kind of a you know obviously the whole time I've known you, you've been in IT. And that's 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 yeah. what you're known for. But then all of a sudden you just kind of. Yeah. You picked up this mission and you've run with it. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really good, good question, Christina. Let me tell you what it is. You know, uh, we, I, we, my business, uh, uh, we love helping people. But I would say in the last three years, I've seen this, what I can only describe as a tsunami of cyber attacks on small businesses. And most small businesses are, are either not being told about the risk or even know about the risks. And I just feel that that I finally found my voice. That that myself, the, the the great team I work with, you know, they've got the same passion as I have for helping people. So you know, I was pinching myself uh, two weeks before the lockdown. I was I was invited on a security panel, and I was sitting in a room in London with MI5, the Home Office, cyber, the head of cybersecurity of Warwick University, and 38 other top security specialists in the UK. And when I told them, you know, everybody goes around and they mention what they do. And I said, my mission is to educate and protect at least a million people by 2023. They said, only a million? They said, you should make it 10 million. I said, listen, baby steps. I've got to start somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. And that's why, you know, for me, you know, as you know, I post every day on LinkedIn. And, and, and I hope that my posts reach people. I've got, the other day, last week, I, I received this call from a doctor in Australia saying, 
Francis, I've been watching your posts and, and, and I need your help. I said, what's up? He said, um, I had this email through that I've been watching porn and, and they now demand money from me and, and I'm worried because I'm married, I've got two kids and I'm scared that if my wife finds out, you know, she'll maybe divorce me. And I said, let's call him John. I said, John, let me tell you straight away that, that, that is, it's, it's a numbers game. It's a hoax. Even if you were watching porn, which I, I, I doubt that you did, but even if you did, uh, they would not have known. So what happened was that your credentials became what was stolen. Uh, maybe you had my fitness pal or you had uh, an account for Canva and they got compromised and your email address got, got compromised and now all of a sudden they are sending you this email to say, I've been watching you watch Paul. And you, I couldn't see him because we didn't do a Zoom call, we did a phone call. But you should have, you know, I could hear his, his um, angst drop from his face. And the guy was so grateful. I think he wrote a nice testimonial for me on LinkedIn, but which was nice. So, so that's why. I know it's a long answer, but, but you know, for me, it's about education first. The more we can educate people about what's going on here, you know, the more people will be able to help. So for me, it's education first and increasing the layers of security, almost like an onion, comes second. I think as well, it's the, you know, I've, I've seen you speak on the subject several times and it is the the first time, you know, it is terrifying. The stories you've got to share, that they are terrifying. But the problem is people walk away from that and it stays with them for a couple of days and then the days turn into weeks and the weeks turn into months and it's just, it's in the, I don't think it ever really goes away because you are impactful but yeah. it's just not front of mind. And then they still make these mistakes. They still they fall for it. They do. So what have been the, um, yeah, give us some examples, just some stories. That... <laughs> oh, how many do you want? Okay. Let me, let me tell you about this recruitment client. Lovely person. I've known her for many years. And last year, you know, she decided to scale down. So 18 staff went down to one person just by herself. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to mention her name. Let's call her Maria. Okay, I call everybody Maria or Mary. Let's call her Mary. Mary's good. I said, Mary, I tell you what, before, before I understand you need to scale down and it's okay. And don't even, you can stop your, your support services with me. That's fine. But if I could ask you, almost beg you to do one thing with us, keep, let's secure your Mac and let's at least secure your, um, you know, your, your online services with Office 365. And it would have costed £25. That's it. Okay. The, the total cost per month. She said, oh, you know, Franz, I need to cut costs. And I said, okay, no problem. January, she phones me up. And she says, and, and I can hear a voice. You know, she, you know, when people start almost before they cry, they quiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've known, I've known her for a long time. And, and, and she started crying. And she said, Franz, I'm like, hey, geez, I can't. What, 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 what have I done, you know? And I said, uh, how can I help? She said, oh, I so wish I followed your advice. I said, what happened? She said, um, you know, I do top-level placements. I said, yeah, of course I know. I've been looking after you for years. Um, one of my clients, well, somehow the hackers managed to get into my system, and I sent out two invoices, totaling 91000 to the one client, and they managed to change the, the bank details, and the client received the invoices, and they paid it into the hacker's bank account. What can I do? Can you help me get the money back? And I'm like, 
what do you want me to tell you now? And I, I feel sorry for her. I really did because I just said, you know, let's divide 91,000 by 25 pounds. I didn't say that, I lied. I just, you know, I, I was compassionate and I said, I'm really sorry to tell you, but I, I think you need to write that money off. Because, and I've got a, you know, I work with Harperture um, and Bedfordshire and also Metropolitan Police uh, with their fraud departments. I work with councils, I work with CBI. I work with FSB, multiple banks, and, and, and in my opinion, when somebody clicks that pay now button, they become responsible for the payment. End of. Why should the banks pay for your mistake? You know? so, so the only way to prevent this or to circumvent this, this issue with, you know, I love the word picnic, problem in chair, not in computer. The only way to circumvent this issue is, is to take out cyber insurance. I mean, you, you will not believe this, Christina, but only something like 8% of UK companies right now have cyber insurance. Now, if you consider the facts, and the facts are that you are nine times more likely to suffer a cyber attack than a burglary, my advice is go and cancel your content insurance and buy cyber insurance because your return on investment is infinitely higher. But if she did have cyber insurance, they would have paid that out. They would have paid the 91000 back to her. But that money is gone. So, of course, now she's, got, she's paying the £25 a month, and she's got all the different security products that we, we, or solutions that we recommended to her. You know, but so my view on all of this is what, why make – you either pay for it now or you pay for it later. That's, that's your choice. Yeah. But paying for it now is a little bit at a time. Whereas if you pay towards it at the end, you know, I've had people phone me and, and, and you, you ask about stories. This, I'll tell you one more story. So I was networking in January, January February time in London. The, you know, remember the good old days when we could mark <laughs> the network like face-to-face -face, you know, instead of Zoom? Think around then, didn't we? You remember those days? <laughs> anyway, so this, I, I'll tell you the story, but it makes me actually quite sad telling you the story, but I'll tell you anyway. So... So this poor guy, you know, he runs a small estate agent's firm and, you know, he tells me what he does and then I tell him what I do. And then all of a sudden he said, Francis, I so wish my dad met you or at least been to one of your webinars or seminars or talks, you know, last year. I said, why? What happened? Let's call him John. He said, um, Francis, my, my dad runs a small building firm. And, uh, and again, same thing happened. Uh, somehow the hackers managed to get into his system he sent out an invoice for £45,000, and his client paid the invoice into the hacker's account. So that's after about a week or so, he's, his dad plucked up the courage to phone his son. He says, son, he says, um, you remember I, I promised to pay some money towards your wedding this year? Not that I think they would have had it anyway today because of COVID, but, but let's say they did. I, I'm sorry I can't pay that now. And son... Do you remember I, I, I promised you to pay, help you pay the deposit towards your first flat? I can't pay that now. You know, and this is, this is sad stuff, you know, and, and I, can, I can help people avoid this. You know, I work with several companies, both in Australia and the UK, that help prevent invoice fraud, and it costs pittance, I mean nothing, you know, to protect people against invoice fraud, at least, or to help them. And, and people go, ah, oh, it's okay, won't happen to me. So there's two stories for you, and yeah. uh, they both are not, not enjoyable to tell. No. You know, the invoice fraud, it's, um, you know, luckily because 
you know, we have a relationship. It's, you know, I'm very aware of what might happen and the, you know, the things we can put in place to avoid it. But, you know, we had it. And if we didn't, we didn't, if we didn't have the processes in place, we'd have paid an invoice of a, of a few thousand pounds for something we've never had to an account that doesn't, you know, no one's got any kind of ownership of. And, you know, it came through, it looked official, it went to, um, went to accounts. And we've got the, um, with the verification for the bank to set up any new payees, I get that verification. So it's impossible for anyone to make that, make a payment without me knowing about it. And obviously every invoice coming, you know, I, because I'm that sad, I know exactly, you know, what's coming in and out and the rest of it. But if I didn't have that in place for that verification process, that money would have been paid. You know, and that's even with the uh, the awareness that we have in our business. And how would it have affected your business, Christina? Oh, it, from a cash flow perspective, it would have been, you know, wages wouldn't have been paid. You yeah. know, our suppliers' invoices wouldn't have been paid. You know, it would have had, you know, it, it was not an insignificant amount of money, you know. And the thing is, the research that the hackers need to do is actually very limited, because we're all marketing our businesses, we're all shouting about what we do and what we provide and, and who we're targeting. It's actually, it's not rocket science to create a story that's believable. No, it's very simple. After case study, after case study, after case study to show people how easy it is, you know, I, I always uh, tell the story of, of uh, the true story of Malta and this guy, you know, a recruitment, recruitment owner. And, uh, you know, he had a brilliant quarter last year and he decides to go off to Malta. So he gets to Terminal 5, Heathrow, and, of course, he's sitting there with his, his first glass of, um, you know, gin and tonic. And, and he posts a photo of himself and his family. I'm off to Malta. We had the most amazing quarter, blah, blah, blah. Off he goes, right? So a week later, his head of account, let's call her Maria, always. And Maria goes, uh so, so she sends a, she gets an email from John, you know, the owner, saying, you know what, oh, you know, Maria, I'm so sorry. You know, we're doing a, a, a complete computer refresh with Westec, and uh, and please, can you just pay this 10 grand invoice? So by the way, it's really hot here in Malta, you know, it's 29 degrees. We, the kids are having such a great time, my wife, blah, 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 and Maria pays the invoice. So, of course, a week later, he gets back from Malta and then 10 grand later, he could have paid for another holiday in his bank account. And he goes ballistic with Maria. I said, oh, it happened, blah, blah, blah. But you sent me an email. You said that, you know, it was all. And if you analyze what happened here, all he had needed was two things. One was he went on to the company's about page, who's head of finance, Maria. And, and the hackers went on to, or the scammers, whatever you want to call them, went onto his Facebook page, which is public, and sees that he's sitting in Malta. And, and that's it. That's all they needed. And that made them 10 grand. But now if we if we take it one step further, we look at Maria. And so Maria was then uh, was booked off work through stress. You know, I mean this woman went through so much stress because she felt personally responsible for the 10 grand loss. So she didn't work for three months. So he lost his accounts person. She, oh goodness, what she went through for those three months, all because of lack of education. If that, if that company spent a little bit of time or education on, on cyber awareness or training, 
he would have thought twice and thought, no, nah, you know what? Uh, let me just double check. Let me pick up the phone. I know he's on holiday. Let me pick up the phone. Does he really want me to pay this 10 grand to waste it? And the answer would have been no. There's a business um, not too far away from where, where we're located. And they are, um, they sell, they sell a product that is, purchase price on this product is kind of like 10, 15 K. It's like a, a capex type purchase. Okay. Um, they, and it's, it's an old school scam. You know, they had the bank ringing up, like, if you can give me the details, if you can give me this, if you can give me that, which is the kind of thing we all warn our grandparents about. Okay. You know, if someone's ringing you up and asking you for your password, don't give it to them, that kind of stuff. And the business owners were on holiday. The woman in accounts that 100% should have known better gave the information and their bank accounts were emptied. Absolutely wow. emptied. Wow. You know, and, and it, it's a, it's not that, it, this was probably within the last two years that this happened. So they're kind of only just recovering and now we're in COVID. So Christina, I mean, I get a lot of stats. Okay, you know me, I love my stats. So since lockdown, we've seen an increase of 660% in scams. In all the 30 years I've been doing involved with IT and security, I've never, ever, 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 ever seen anything like it. Since lockdown, or the fact, the figures that we have, you know, today published, you know, I told you I'm sitting on a panel, through invoice fraud alone is 91 million. You know, just, we haven't spoken about romance fraud or any of the other fraud, just invoice fraud that we know of. There's a lot more because I tell, like I don't know if I mentioned earlier, I can't remember. But in Hertfordshire, only last month, 1.4 million, one one payment. So there's there are many others like this. And and I and you know the other thing I like to add, and I had a long conversation with with a, a, a head of accounts or accountant only yesterday afternoon, and and I agreed with him. I say not not only do you need to have systems in place or better systems. You need to have the right culture in the business in place. In other words, you need to allow your your payroll department, your your your, your purchasing department, to query the highest in the business. So, in other words, it, it not be scared of saying, "Listen, not sure about this one. Can I just double triple check, please?" And I think some people are because it's the CEO or head of this or head of that. And they said, no, just pay this. They go, oh, no, 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 I must do what, what the CEO said. No, no, please don't. Please don't, because they're going to, they might be annoyed at you double checking, but it's much cheaper than paying something that you'll never get the money back. Simple as that. So I feel, I feel for, those, for those people in those departments, because they, they carry a massive responsibility. And this idea of training people, especially when it comes to GDPR, you know, cyber awareness training is, is a legal requirement. Not once a year. It should be done, in my view, not not maybe daily, but at least weekly, or by or every second week. Because once a month is not enough. You need to train people on the. So one of the things we do is is cyber awareness training, and we use a company called No Before. Uh, we, we they are one of the best we've ever come across, and we actively run campaigns in the business to try and catch people. We call them the clickers. And yeah. the moment we find out that you and you know who are the worst offenders, 
the, the directors, the owners, the, the board members, they are the worst ones. But And then when we catch them, we put them into a group and then we train them. You know, and it costs nothing to do this, but it's just it needs to be done because it's it's it a it's a legal requirement anyway. I remember you shared a stat once, and I don't remember what the stat is, but it, it was about the percent. I think it was the percentage of people that have essentially been hacked, and they've got no idea that it's happened. Ooh, I love it. Okay, you, you, okay, now you got me going. So, sixty-eight percent of small businesses have already been compromised in the UK. It takes on average 237 days before they even find out. And that second part is for me more scarier. If you remember when I did one of my talks in January, I would have said to you every four seconds, there's one new version of malware being released on the planet. Since January, if we read forward to April this year, those stats have gone from, from one every four seconds to four every one second. I'll say that again. It's gone from one every four seconds to four every one second. And these are all unknown threats. And I, I'd love to, I don't know if I, I don't know if you do, if you want me to, I can share, can I share my desktop with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I want you, I want you to see this, okay? I mean, I've never shown you this before. Well, we work very closely with a company called SonicWall. Now, Sonicwall is one of the one of the largest firewall distributors and uh, around the world. And what you are looking at right now, Christina, is a live attack map. I mean, live as in it's updated one minute ago. And this is public knowledge. And I'll gladly share the link with you so that when you send this out for people to have a look at, they can look at this live. Now, <clears throat> bearing in mind. And, and, and people think, okay, let's let's be honest. Most of the attacks normally, people think they come from China and India and all over there. Look at this. I mean, this changes by the minute. But on the left-hand column here, can you see it? Okay. Yes, I can. Yeah. Right now, as we're sitting here talking, in the last 24 hours, 4.3 million attacks originated from the United Kingdom. Second, United States. Third, France. And from a receiving end, it's almost like the United Kingdom is attacking themselves. From a receiving end, United Kingdom in the last 24 hours have received 6.63 million attacks. Of which Spain is second and the United States is the third. Now, if you look at, again, there's three little lines here. If you look at the middle one, now you can drill deeper into the stats. And this is what gets to me. You can see that new threats, as in unknown threats, is up by 74%. And that's what we help people protect against because normal antivirus solutions can only protect you against known threats. And known threats are up two to four weeks behind. So by the time Microsoft catches up on, let's say a new threat is released like four, this very second we're speaking, Microsoft will take at least two weeks before they catch up and then they push it down to McAfee and Norton and, and all the other big brands so by the time they catch up, we're looking another two weeks. So looking at a, a two to four week gap before people are properly protected. So you can't rely on old technology. And there's the proof. If you look at the malware on non-standard ports, up 130%. So I just thought I'll show it, I'll share that with you because until people see this stuff, you know, and, and these glasses, are, 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 they are from Specsavers, I know. But the stuff I see every day, Christina, is frightening. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I so wish I just wanted, 
shake people and say, please, please, please take this seriously. So for the people that have been hacked and they're unaware of it, what mm-hmm. what kinds of hacks have they fallen victim to? How would they, what can they proactively do to kind of know that, that, that you know, I know you've, is it, have I been, have I been pulled? Have I been pulled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what a great question. I'll tell you why it's a great question. But I'm going to reply with another question, just to be awkward. Why do you think that people are surviving much longer these days? You know, I'm, I'm talking about people that fall, like, like let's take cancer, for instance. Why is the survival rate of cancer so much better than it was 30 years ago? Advances in sort of healthcare and medicine and... Yeah, yeah. Education. And was, yeah. And let me, you all, all 100% answers, but let me tell you the real reason, early detection. Okay. Do you agree? Because the earlier you can detect that there's a problem, the sooner you can fix it, which means your survival rate is infinitely higher. And yeah. it, hence, again, with COVID, if you're testing for it and you see there's an issue, you can hopefully catch it earlier. If you don't, you're going to die. Okay? Well, maybe not. Hopefully not. But you get my point. So, and the same for me applies with, with, with cybersecurity. So, in other words, one of the things we do for so many companies now is that we monitor the dark web for them. Now, in my head, everything starts off in the dark web because the dark web is where you buy child porn, AK-47, you name any drug, and you can have it delivered to your front door this afternoon. Simples, okay? So when Canva and Garmin and I'm just giving you some recent ones, and Zoom loses your data because they got compromised and it ends up on, on the dark web for sale for one penny or less, now that all the hackers have to do is to buy the data and then they try all these different applications that you've ever used and you've even forgotten that you use. And most people, sadly, are lazy. I include myself, I know. But they will use the same password for Baby Alarm, for their Netflix, for their Amazon, for every account that they've ever owned and forgotten about. And then they wonder why they get hacked. So for me, to answer your question, is it's about awareness. It's about monitoring. It's about, if I may share my screen one more time, if that's okay. We, um, where is it going? There, 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 there. So one of, you know, so our whole, our whole idea about security everywhere is, is bringing the best of breed or best of class security solutions to, to small businesses and even home users. And one of the things we just recently released was Identity Defender. Now, Identity Defender is a password manager with the biggest difference on the planet. Why? Because what it does is it monitors the dark web. So the moment your, your, uh, your, your Netflix or your email account or whatever is, 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 has been compromised, not through your own mistake, but gets compromised, ends up on the dark web, we will let you know, which means you can then go and change it. Because if you don't change it, the hackers have got that time to look at all your accounts until the day you change it. Mm. And there's the problem. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yes, 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 yes. What's interesting is, so the cost of that is less than a bottle of wine. <laughs> exactly. Not that you I'm know, uh, everything in terms like, of how many bottles of wine I can buy. It's like less than five pounds a month. We can protect every, not only will we save you, in time alone, because you know, so many people don't use password managers. And I just shake my head because 
every time you've got to open up, um, you know, go to a site and log on, what's worse? And I tell you, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this stuff. But when you use, say, Google Chrome, and you, and you know when it pops up and say, can you save my password? And you say yes. Do you know what you're doing? You're actually saving that in clear text that if ever, no, not if, I like to use the word when, when a hacker gets onto your machine, Mac or PC, because we see so many more Macs now, thank you, they can go into your Chrome settings, go into the password section, and they'll see every single place you've ever been to, including all your passwords in clear text. It's like, really? And, you know, so for less than five pounds a month, you can have all that sitting in the vault. And all you have to think about is when you go to LinkedIn, you just start opening up, you know, identity friendly, you just start typing L-I-N-K, and it just brings up your LinkedIn account. You click on go, and it takes you to LinkedIn and logs you in. So imagine the time that you can save in one month. So which means you can drink more. Yes. (laughs) Make more money, drink more because you're more secure. How's that for an offer? Oh, hey? It's like, you know, it's happy days all around, isn't it? I know. Well, that's what I do. So how, how long have you been in, how long's West Tech been in business now? How many years? Oh, this is my second IT company. So we still, you know, I had previous IT, because I've been in business for 30 years doing what I do now. But uh, West Tech has started in, uh, in March 2010. Oh, so you're in year 10 as well? Yeah, we just, you, you know, it's really sad is that we had our 10-year anniversary right in the middle of lockdown. So we're taking out the team for a a post-COVID celebration. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Green Umbrella was 10 years old, or is 10 years old this year as well. And we we had lots of great plans that we've just kind of shelved, really, because it's it's tough. It's tough. Age is just a number, isn't it? Just a number. You know, what's important is that we get through this, that we look after people, look after our clients, and look after our teams, and just get through this, because next year is another year. Absolutely, absolutely. So in the last 10 years then, so what's kind of, um, obviously you know, I've, you know, I've moved from being employee to business owner fairly recently. So what are the, what have been the big lessons for you? What's the... What are the pearls of wisdom that you would share with me? When it comes to business or security or IT support or business, business, keep your overheads as far down as possible. Have have your finger check the cash. Make sure cash flow is king. Turnover is guarantee in cash. What's the other one? And um, I can't remember that, but you know what I mean. It's uh, it, it's just know your numbers. Know your numbers on a daily, weekly, monthly basis because if you don't, then there will be surprises coming that you don't like. See, yeah, I'm, I'm quite obsessive with numbers and there's I've got spreadsheet over spreadsheet over spreadsheet and I'm sometimes I think I get a bit too addicted to it all, you know, modelling things in different ways and, and I end up in a... Um, I always say paralysis is is my fear. Sometimes you can think about something so much, actually you take no action whatsoever. And that's what happens when I talk about security. I see I see that happen a lot because I, I, I sadly think sometimes I scare people because I'm telling them the facts or making them aware. They end up doing nothing. And and and, and that's and this is and I'm trying to find a way to change that. 
so that I can say to people, listen, let me put my, my little cybersecurity blanket around you and look after you because otherwise you're going to be paralyzed and you're going to do nothing. And people that do nothing, you know, the flight or fight syndrome, they're going to get nailed. And it's, you know, who has to run there? Those two people running away from a line, you just have to outrun the person behind you. That's all, or, you know, next to you. That's all you have to do. And I think the same goes with, with cybersecurity. You just have to be one little bit better than the business next to you or your or your neighbor. That's all. Absolutely. But, but coming back to your question, I, I, I think it's, you know, anybody that runs a business today needs to be just so, just needs to watch your numbers. And, and two, you know, I was asked a really interesting question yesterday. And the question was, what's the one thing that you should be doing that, that you're avoiding doing when it comes to marketing? And I think you should copy that question because it's a great question as a marketing company, Christina. It is. Because normally it's that one thing that you're not doing, that you should be doing, that's holding you back as a business. So what was your answer? I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> um, my answer is that I don't phone my, my existing clients often enough. I put my hands up every day because, you know, I'm, I'm a hunter. Listen, let's, let's be honest. I love helping people and I want to be there and I want to help them. But unless they, are, they have a problem, um, I don't like to phone them because I think, well, why should they want to hear about me? Do you know, I remember us having this conversation a little while ago. And um, we were talking about marketing stuff and you know, you've, you've got so many great things going on, the webinars that you do, the, the, the kind of the, the resources you point people to, the fact that you, you're like a, a LinkedIn machine when it comes to consistency. You know, and yeah. the content you produce is value, value, value. It's you know, half past seven every morning. I get a little notification because Francis West is, you know, it's like it's part of part of how my day starts. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic. But I think people are they're either really good at sales or they're really good at marketing. And yeah. a lot of the work I'm doing at the minute is kind of is this middle bit where the two come together. And, it's so important. And it, yeah, I mean, you know, all those people that, you know, you get hundreds of likes and comments and mm. they're on your content. And actually, sometimes it's just recognizing who are those people that are consistently showing up on, on your mm. content mm. and engaging mm. and just dropping them a voice note, mm. you know, and, and it's not going in for the sell. It's just that it, it's it's just that additional bit of value. And sometimes it's that, you know, I've noticed, you you know, you've you've commented a few times I really appreciate you helping share my message let me know if you need any help and it's it's not salesy you know and it, but it's enough to just tip the balance and and create that sort of one-to-one dialogue and, and start to get things in that direction and there's so many people's missing that part of their marketing strategy they're really Agreed. good at filling the funnel but actually transferring that into the sales yeah pipeline is is where it goes wrong it's tough though it's hard because at the one hand you you want to help people but other end you need to make a sale because you need to eat you need to build your business so it's you're right it's finding that middle ground it's it's listen i'm learning every day is a school day that's why i learn a lot from you i really do so yeah i'm the thing is all this stuff falls out of my mouth that's why the podcast is called christina talks 
because all I do is talk and talk and talk and talk, and it all falls mm. out of my mouth. Yeah, well, I, I think you and me both. I think if you, if you, you know, if you passionate about something and you enjoy it and you love helping people, then it does just fall out. Like every day when I do my LinkedIn post, I, you know, you know, again, I'm lazy. You know, I'll have a shower. And whilst I'm showering, something will pop in my head. And then I, I sit down and I'll start writing. So I do not know what I'm going to post the day before or the, even the morning before. It's, it's only when I sit down, I'm like, okay. But I'm lucky because I get a lot of, you know, there's so much happening in this world of cybersecurity that I have, I could post two or three times a day, but I like just to do one a day with one message, with one way to help people. And for me, you know, like I'm reaching people worldwide, which is great. And and it's just nice to help and and, and see when I do the webinars, people come to me and say, you know what, Francis, thank you so much. I've done this and I've done this and, and and I feel so much better. I'm actually sleeping better. I'm like, fantastic. Once they're close to my mission and that's what we do, isn't it? The thing is that consistency is everything and, and that's the bit you've got nailed. It's, you know, if, if you know your subject well enough, if you're in that mindset to give value, all you then have to do is create the habit. Yeah. And and when you've got that habit there, people turn up waiting to see it. So I know because we're in a couple of WhatsApp groups together as well and that sort of thing. And, you know, but before now there's been messages in there. With, you know, has anyone heard from Francis? Is he okay? Yeah. Because no one's seen you on LinkedIn yet that day, you know. But the thing mm-hmm. is, it's like people, it's that expectation. It's creating that. And, you know, yeah. all the social algorithms, they're all kind of now moving towards this recognition of returning visitors. Yeah. That's why episodic content is is so important right now. Well, that's a big word for me. Say that again. Episod- what? Episodic. Jeez, that's a big so word. Content, what does it mean? Yeah, content delivered in episodes. Okay. So are you saying then, in other words, one of eight, two of eight, three of eight, that kind of logic or not? Um, so more of a, um, let's say you were going to do a live stream. So we do a live stream every Thursday on Facebook at 12 noon. Mm-hmm. So people then learn that that's going to be a regular occurrence. Okay. So it okay. becomes part of their diary. They come and tune in. They come and look at the page at that same time, the same day. So then Facebook starts to recognize those repeat visits and those engagements with our content as well. So um, which helps drive the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. But as LinkedIn Live rolls out, there's already kind of signs that we're going to, you know, Facebook brings all this stuff in and builds Mm. these algorithms and creates these habits. And then Twitter follows and, you know, and then LinkedIn finally follows. It's always about three years behind, but it does eventually get there. Well, it's owned by Microsoft. What do you expect? You know, they always, they always catch up, improve and then beat. That's what I've I've learned about Microsoft. But, uh, you know, your, your presentation, it was last week at the Teams event. I thought that was excellent. I did learn a lot. Yours and, uh, oh, what's the name? Amanda. Amanda, she's going to kill me now. Crime. Amanda, you're, she was excellent. You know the presentation. I learned a lot again, and uh, I can't recommend people, you know, engaging, you know, with Korean Umbrella because the learning curve is massive. Yeah, we do. We, the, the thing is, so I'll be interesting to hear your opinion actually, because you're. I, I know you, you. You do a massive amount of networking. Obviously, there's a lot of social media companies out there, a lot of digital marketing agencies, and whether it is a, an agency like us that's been around for a little while and you know quite established and has an infrastructure, 
or someone that's just starting out and they're I'm seeing a lot of virtual assistants that are also offering LinkedIn. Oh yeah, the clueless. Sorry to say. Yeah, and you know, and it, it's a lot of people put that expert label on themselves. Mm-hmm. And I really, really feel very, very strongly, as much as I know my subject, as much as I will kind of uh, you know, talk talk about what I think is gonna happen in the future and you know, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I'm not an expert. I can't possibly be an expert when tomorrow Facebook might turn the algorithms on its head. I can go on and do a a training session with someone on LinkedIn advertising and log in and the whole interface is different, Mm -hmm. even though I was on there three hours before. So I I deal in a subject that is constantly changing on a day-to-day basis, hour-to-hour basis sometimes. And those changes are not always broadcasted. So sometimes it's like, you know, it's like the live testing. So it's really, I'd look at people that are calling themselves an expert and I'm kind of like, but are you? Are you really? You see, and on that subject, so the other day somebody said, oh, yeah, I'm a a LinkedIn guru expert. I'm like, great. So I thought, let me check you out. And they had five reviews. And I thought, that's interesting. So you've got minus 500 clients to generate you five reviews. So how can you be an expert? Then I looked at their posts. Oh, they were posting once a week. I oh, know, once a week's enough. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm like, really? Okay. You know, and, and, and I suppose it goes for a lot of the social media and the market. And I think unless you can prove that you've got a track record and you've been doing this for, you know, for at least six months plus every single day, then how, how can you possibly know? Yeah, I, I, what, what is that book? I'm trying to remember who said it. it was Brian Tracy. Somebody says, unless you've done something for 10,000 hours, which I worked out, so by the way, that's 7.7 years at eight hours a day, you know, you can't be an expert or can't be excellent at what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know, I find it, I do, I find it so frustrating. There's, um, and I think probably what's really got it at the front of my mind right now is I, I had someone. I had someone booking for training under the guise of they were with one business. And then I don't know, maybe they thought I wouldn't do my research before the session. So I'm kind of like digging around, having a look at their profile, seeing what's what, so I can get some you know, meaningful examples to use during the session. And the, although they've kind of come to me for Facebook and Instagram, looking at one thing on LinkedIn, they're a social media expert specializing in Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, so why have you why are you coming and buying my time? And don't get me wrong, they're giving me money, so I shouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Money. Yeah, still, yeah. But it is that people will buy into that, you know. And and I know there's yeah. theories you you only need to be a little bit ahead of someone, yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. a bit more. But I just think that term expert is it's yeah the expert the guru is banded around so much, and people buy into something that isn't what it should be. Yeah, that one in pivoting. That driving me nuts at the moment. I have to tell you, pivoting this, pivoting that way. And all I can see, I can visualize somebody, you know, pivoting on something very sharp, you know, which is not. I keep thinking about dancers. No, I think of something a lot more rude than that. But still, you know, it's just, oh, please, you know, just let's use a different word, you know, that's actually meaningful, that you haven't copied somewhere else, that you can just do yourself and be yourself and, and, and deliver your own message instead of somebody else's. Yeah. So tough. Yeah. So tough. So we need to stay positive. Yeah. Yes. 
I know. Quick, shake it off, shake it off. Yeah. Okay, so we're nearly running out of time, but one thing I um I I've got my little bit of paper that I wanted to mention. So you like is there something wrong with you? You like a mission. You like you love a mission. Need to fix something, you know. So so something you don't know about me, I don't know. Well maybe you do, I think I've told you. Is that on the weekends, uh when I don't do securing people while well, we do 24 7 but i mean physically myself uh if you go onto pinterest and you type in francis west you'll find all these things that i make out of pallets no i didn't so, know that i yeah, was going to talk see? about the m25 but this is more interesting oh no exactly well, m25 I've, I've walked around the m25 and i'll tell you a story about the m25 I've, you know because my sense of direction is zero i don't have one okay so I've done it twice. I've driven around the M25 because by the time I figured out that I'm kind of going the wrong way around the M25, I was already halfway around the M25. So I've driven around the M25 twice by mistake. It took two and a half hours, both times on average. Walking, which I've done only once and I will never do it again, takes six and a half days. And I did it for charity, yeah. It's about 165. I suppose we, they call it the London Loop. Fascinating walk, but just don't do it again. I won't do it again. But it's you know, the, like when I did London to Brighton mission, you know, I got onto my little little bike that I've had for I don't know how many years. Off I go. I think I, I did one one exercise trip. I went down the canal, you know, with Martina. Stopped off at a few pubs, had a few glasses of wine. That was my 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 um, exercise for the London to Brighton. So yeah, when I when I get in my head to help to do something, I just do it. You know, I think it's, maybe it's a South African way. It just failure is not an option. It's just you just carry on going until you finish. So I don't know how we're going to do this this one, but my view is every time I do a post, every time I talk to you, every time I help somebody with team or whatever, I get one step closer to helping one more person. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me as a legacy. That's got to be a good thing because I, not only am I saving lives, I'm saving marriages, I'm saving people's businesses, and and I, I might never hear that I did. You know, I won't even hear a thank you, but at least I know I've done it, and yeah. that to me is a good mission. So where where are you in terms of the one million? I would like a rough guess. Okay, so bearing in mind I'm connected to close to twenty five thousand people on LinkedIn. Uh, last year, I did 30 presentations on cybersecurity since lockdown. I've done 35. On average, 30 to 200 people per talk. I would like to think that I'm very close to halfway. Fantastic. So I've still got you know another three years to go to make up the rest. But uh, like I said, when I was sitting in the security panel two weeks before the lockdown, they said, only a million, Francis, it should be 10 million. I said, listen, baby steps, let me start with a million and then I'll work my way through. So anybody that's listening to, to this today uh, or even on the recording, if they want me to come and do a talk on cybersecurity and educate people, I promise I'll try not to scare them too much. Uh, I'd love to do it because, you know, the more people we can educate, the more people will not press that button. Oh, and how do people reach out to you, Francis? Where Where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, best is just to email me. You can see the top there, unless you've missed it already. Uh, they can either email me at francis.w at security-everywhere.com or phone me anytime on plus four four seven eight seven two double five two triple five, And I'll give them advice or help or, or, you know, I'll do my best to help. Excellent. Excellent. Francis, thank you so much for your time today. Um, 
just really really appreciate it as always you've had some fantastic stories to to tell and um and to educate people with so it's been brilliant absolutely pleasure always keen to help you know me christina thank you too thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about this stuff thank you you're welcome